Hey everyone, my name is DJ Martin. I'm the church pastor here at Parker Ford Church. Today, thank you for joining our midweek teaching. We've been going through a whole series this year called Reflections on Spiritual Formation. One of my favorite topics to talk about is spiritual formation. So whether you're from Parker Ford Church, a member here, or just joining us online, it's great to have you with us today. Today we're starting a multiple part series um, within the Reflections of Spiritual Formation category or series, larger series that I'm calling, calling Child of God. So uh, today is Child of God, part one. I've saved this for towards the end of this series on spiritual formation because I think it's one of the most important things that we can talk about. Our identity as children in Christ is as basic and foundational to our spiritual formation really is anything. I mean, after, you know, the basic concept of being forgiven and brought in uh, to the family of God through the blood of Christ, I mean, stage one, step one in walking in maturity with faith is, is learning our identity personally and learning our identity together as children of God. Now, typically in the scriptures, the word that's used that describes how we become children is the word sons, that we're adopted as sons of God. Now, you have to understand that, that when Paul writes about this or, or Jesus talks about being a child of God, um, they, they're not being sexist. They're not seeking to exclude women. Rather, they're speaking from their cultural moment. And in this moment, you know, the dominant understanding, cultural understanding, especially in the writing of Paul to Gentile churches, um, Greek-speaking Gentile churches, the dominant understanding of how adoption worked would have been uh, the Roman understanding. And in Rome, only sons could be fully adopted. Only, only a male child could be fully adopted um, into the family. Now, Paul also writes in Galatians that there is no longer a male or female in, in the sense of that's not what actually matters. That's not how God values us. And so while the scriptures speak of us being sons of God, it's actually speaking to all people who are in Christ. So I'm, I'm going to choose to use the word child, that we are children of God, specifically sons and daughters adopted into the family of God who cry out to him, Abba, Father, and know him with that intimacy. There's any number of scriptures that speak to this. This isn't just a random topic. This is a massive topic um, in the scriptures. In fact, one of my favorite devotional writers, Andrew Murray, has said, he wrote in, I, I believe it's in uh, With Christ in the School of Prayer, he, he says that the entire Old Testament can be summed up uh, with the word holy. And the entire New Testament can be summed up with the word Father. And so what the scriptures bear witness to from beginning to end, Old Testament and New Testament, is that God is a holy Father. Yes, he is righteous and holy and sovereign and created all things, but his most intimate uh, relationship with us, the way that he most desires to be um, in intimacy and, and in relationship with us is through the lens of being our Father. And so Ephesians chapter 1 is a marvelous passage. I, I would encourage and challenge you to uh, put, this, put these verses to memory, to memorize Ephesians 1. It talks about who we are in Christ in profound ways. And the Apostle Paul, writing to the church in Ephesus, he says, Praise be to the God and Father 
of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In other words, you and I, when we are identified with Christ, as it says in Galatians 2.20, we've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer our life, but Christ is living with us. And the life we live in the flesh, we're living by faith, allegiance, loyalty, belief in the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. When we become um, new creatures, like it says in 1 Corinthians 5, where the, the old has, has gone, the new has come. The primary marker of that new creation within us is the adoption of God that no longer longer is God this distant sort of unknown entity. He becomes our Abba Father, which is why we cry out to him, Abba Father, which is why we pray to him, our Father, as Jesus teaches us to pray. And through him, through Christ, he has chosen us and in fact predestined us for adoption to sonship. We are sons and daughters of the living God. We are children of God. And this is foundational. This is pivotal. This is primary. This is, you know, step one in walking in maturity in the faith with God. A great book that one of my mentors, uh, Jay McCumber, um, had me read. This is going back over a decade now. Uh, it's a really interesting book. It's called Spiritual Slavery to Spiritual Sonship. And I'm not kidding when I say the author's name is Jack Frost. And uh, it's a great book uh, exploring the topic of spiritual sonship, of exploring what it means to be adopted in God. And so what we're going to do with just a couple minutes left remaining today, and then in a few following videos, is we're going to look at this list that he puts in there. He One of the chapters is is. 20 basic contrasts between the spirit of an orphan or someone who lives as if they are not adopted um, into a sonship with God and the spirit of sonship. And I found this list uh, to, to be so helpful over the past 15 or so years. I mean, it, it, it has continued uh, to bear fruit in my life. I return to it from time to time. And so he takes 20 different um, topics um, and he contrasts what, how does a, a person with an orphan spirit approach this? As someone who doesn't understand their identity in Christ as a son or daughter. And how does someone approach this concept or this topic as someone who does understand their identity? So we're going to look at the first five in just a few minutes. The first one, he says, image of God. Orphans see God as a master whom they must appease continually. But sons, on the other hand, see God as a loving father who accepts them unconditionally. Do you see God as a taskmaster or do you see him as a loving father? That's a good question to ask. Uh, the second category is dependency. He says orphans are independent and self-reliant, whereas sons are interdependent. They know they need the community of love that God and the body of Christ offer? Are you living your life in a way that you are interdependent, that you are relying continually on other people? Not in a needy way, but in a way of understanding that you can't actually be who you're meant to be without walking in close fellowship and community with brothers and sisters, with siblings in the family of God. Theology. 
Frost writes, orphans live by the love of law. Like the Pharisees of Jesus' day, orphans try to relate to God on the basis of adherence to laws, principles, rules, and regulations. It's like trying to figure out God like a mathematical principle. If I live this way, then God will do this. If, if I do these right things, then I can earn God's love. But sons, however, live by the law of love rather than love of the law. It's not to say that sons aren't obedient. Sons and daughters do seek obedience, but it's out of an overflow of the relationship rather than out of a sense of duty. Security. Orphans are insecure but usually become quite adept at covering their insecurity. And so a person struggling with a spirit of orphanhood, um, from a spiritual standpoint, becomes adept. They, they build up tools to be able to disguise their insecurity, maybe by, uh, by pointing to their competencies or, or through um, manipulation or deceit or through hiding, not telling the full truth. Frost writes, sons, in contrast, are at peace and rest in Father's embrace. They know that their security in God does not depend on their behavior, but is based on the grace of God. This is a big one, need for approval. The need for approval is universal. We all desire acceptance, Frost writes. Orphans, however, are addicted to and strive for the praise, approval, and acceptance of man. This is a temptation for me to seek after that kind of approval from other people rather than finding it in God. He writes, sons are not influenced by this turmoil and fear because they know that they are totally accepted in God's love and justified by his grace. And so when you look at those five things, um, how you see God's image and his image in other people, dependency on yourself or dependency on others, the way that you approach theology and doctrine, your security as a person, knowing who you are, knowing uh, your value, or your need for approval. I want you to reflect on those things today. I want to invite you to reflect on those and, and work through the following questions. Do you know that you are a beloved child of God? This is, this is like question number one in knowing our identity in Christ. Do you know, do you know that you know that you know that you are a beloved child of God because of Christ's work in you? Secondly, whose approval do you most seek? Answer that question honestly. Like, whose approval are you seeking today? Is it a spouse, a parent, an authority figure, a friend, a peer? Whose approval do you most crave? In what areas are you wrestling with an orphan spirit within your own heart and soul? I want to invite you to reflect on these questions, and then next week we'll pick this topic back up and continue looking through uh, the list offered to us by Frost in his book, Spiritual Slavery to Spiritual Sonship. I hope you can join us next week. Thanks for joining us today. Go with God. Have a great day.